Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Bit Spursy for the second week of the 21-22 season. I'm Barney. I'm Dan. And we are here to chat about uh, Spurs' win against Wolves and their loss in the Europa Conference League. Um, maybe uh, a little bit. I mean, neither Dan or I have watched it, so <laughs> there, there won't be too many uh, great insights there. Yeah, um, it shows – I was just going to say, it shows kind of like – I don't think it shows how much we like. It's not that we didn't care about the game that we didn't watch it. It was just very mm. difficult to find a stream, and it was just like it's already in the too hard basket. Yeah, when you get to that stage, anyway. Totally, I I, I uh, have learned that for this week. Uh, to anyone that doesn't know, that Stan have bought the rights, and so it will be streamed uh, in Australia, which is which is great if you want to watch They've it. They've coughed up specifically it. this game. They haven't bought it for the whole conference league. <laughs> Yep. Purely just for this game. Mm-hmm. That's how important, how uh, how monumentous this game is. Yeah. Uh, um, I'll, I'll, all right, I'm watching it then. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'm going to watch it. It's 4.45 a.m. I feel like I'm going to watch it. But also I part of me hopes we lose. Oh, all right. Controversial. Mm. Um, so you don't want us in the competition. I just think it's more trouble than it's worth. Like with the Europa League, there's a bit more prestige. And then also if you win, you're in the Champions League. Like it's, you know, whether this, it's like you win and you're in the Europa League. Like I don't, what, what? Yeah, no, I I totally get it. I think I'm probably, I still am erring on the side of hoping that we win and we get through. But mm. I'm, I do have mixed emotions about it. Um, like mm. I do definitely take the point of like is it does serve as more of a distraction than anything else. But then I'm also thinking at the same time, if we don't qualify for this, that's not really a good confidence builder for the squad. No. Um, no, it's not. And I feel like as well, this competition may be more than Europa League. We'd be more likely to rotate through the competition. Like we're already doing it now in the qualifiers for it. Hmm. Um, so... If we sort of keep that going, I, I'm not against us being in the competition. Uh, but if it definitely becomes a thing where you've got, you know, Son being tied out from playing Conference League um, and then comes to the weekend and he's just absolutely cooked for the Prem, mm. then I'd, I'm not not sure I'd be so on board that. Yep, yep, I agree. I, Yeah, I, I really don't. I don't care. Like, I don't have a, <laughs> I don't have a vested interest. Not even like an ironic one. I just, I'm not. I hope we're not in it. Basically, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, when you do set, think about it, like, if we do, if we did go through, if we, if we went through the group stage, went through the, the finals, if we managed to make the final and won it, like, we would still be ridiculed as a club. Mm. Like we'd yeah. be like, yeah, cool. This is silverware. We've won something, but everyone would be like, yeah, but the best like sixty teams in Europe were not in it. Mm. So yeah, I feel like there's like it's it's weird because I'm usually very positive about like we're in something. Let's go and win it. Let's do what we can. Let's mm. go for it. But then it's just like, yeah, if we won this, Matt, we would just get roasted. <laughs> yeah, unless unless it's us versus 
Jose's Roma in the final. And then regardless of the roasting that we would get, I wouldn't care if we won because it would be like, we did it. Like we, we beat Voldemort. Like we. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's the storyline we've got to hope for there. <laughs> yeah. Is that we, we, if, if we do make it and we do get in, we've got, we've got to play Roma in the final. Um, yeah. And have a bit of a fairy tale, <laughs> fairy tale victory to win the third tier competition. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's, um, it, it's interesting. Like I've, I know that there was a lot of reaction to after the game last week, a lot of disbelief of like, oh, I can't believe we lost that. Um, oh, mm. you know, we can't even beat this, we beat that. But then it's also like the same people who are like seeming to be so, you know, annoyed that we went out of it are the same people to, that were calling for like, hey, this is, a le- this is a competition where we need to play the kids. We need to play like youth players a chance. We need to give Scarlet a chance. We need to give some new signings a chance. We need to like, you know, that's more important. Um, mm. So I kind of feel like you got to pick one way or the other. You can't be like, we should be steamrolling these teams and then, you know, you can't then turn around and go, oh, well, you know, we should also be like, you know, having squad rotation. And then if we do have squad mm. rotation, don't just use this as a, as a, like a, a reason to complain about a lack of depth in the squad. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, for me, the main issue is that uh, we played the kids and I'm very happy if that's what happens. They didn't get a result, which is fine. And that, and now if we want to stay in, we're probably going to play more first-team players. And that is concerning if we need the first team to come in and fix it, not because they need to fix it, but because then they've played more minutes and then we have the Premier League on the – like that is the issue that I kind of see uh, that might occur. Oh, definitely. And, and like, I'm not sure – I'm not sure if there have been any hints as to what the lineup is for the game – is it tomorrow morning, our time? Uh, is it to- oh, actually, I feel like oh, I'm going to find out. We I'm don't know. We don't know. <laughs> this is, we don't know. How of little importance this competition actually is. <laughs> we, we know roughly the game is happening sometime in the next few days, um, and that's about it. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's on tomorrow morning. Um, All right. But, yeah. I think we're done on this, Yikes. aren't we? <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Let's <laughs> on. Yeah, I think this, that's on. fine. We've covered it. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Um, if we get through, and then we'll we'll look at it more seriously then. But you know, yeah, it is what it is. Sounds good. So wolves. So wolves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what did you think? What were your impressions of the game? Um, they were. It, it was good. Sorry, I just feel like we're we're usually so positive. We just start off like really positively about things, and like we just yeah, we've just torn the rope, the conference league, and we're just being like, oh, we don't care anymore. When are things on? Oh, who knows? Who cares? Um, yeah. So I need to get back in back in a more balanced in mindset the- for the Wolves Wolves game. Um, yeah, yeah. Just a couple of breaths. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I was I was quite happy watching the Wolves game. I thought it was actually a really entertaining game to watch. Um, and I think if you're, in, if you're in neutral, you would really enjoy that game um, mm. because, yeah, like you had two teams that were kind of going for it and, yeah, like I know we scored very early, but we didn't put a second one past them. So, you know, the rest of the game, was it was always on. Like it, there was always a chance of Wolves sort of coming back into it. Um, yeah. So I think from like the entertainment aspect, I definitely enjoyed the game I think, and I, this this might be going off what we spoke about last week of like seeing how the team's playing now compared to how we were playing last season. Like it's so nice to 
just watch games that are entertaining and enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. I, I there's been some uh, very interesting takes about this game being sort of like a hark back to Jose Ball and that we should have had more possession and blah blah blah. But I thought, regardless of like Jose playing Jose football, doesn't mean that you are trying to counterattack um, or that you are trying to, um, you know, have limited possession. There is a different, like Nuno and Jose, there are similarities, but it's not the same thing. And um, I, the same as you, found it very entertaining and um, felt very engaged with the game the whole time. I wasn't checking my phone. Like I was just, you know, watching this thing happen. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And I thought that, um, it wasn't as good as city, but, uh, there were some like good performances and it, you know, I would like us to have had more chances, but then, you know, you look at the stats and it's like Wolves had like 24 or 26 attempts for six on target. And we had, you know, like six on target or whatever it was. (laughs) And then the XG is like, I think it's like 0.5 difference and it's like, well, they can create as many terrible opportunities as they want and not score. And then we can create these really good ones. And, you know, it's, it's not the same as Mourinho where it's like there's one or two and we need to nail those or that's it. Like we had a few opportunities that you would think maybe on a different day we might score another. So oh, definitely. And I think as well, like on that point, maybe on, you know, in a week or two, Two, uh, sorry, a week or two's time once the team has, you know, adapted more to how um, how uh, Nuno wants us to play. And, you know, we yep. can obviously say we're playing very different, but, you know, it's, it takes time to really get into a really good rhythm, especially when, you know, we're still in that transfer window weird opening part of the season where teams are kind of like all the teams in the league are still trying to sort themselves out and, you know, look for a few more, um, you know, to bring in a few more players. So it's kind of like, I think like the most important thing, honestly, in the first sort of four, five, six games of the season to me is really just to get points Mm. because there's so much adaptation going on everywhere. And I'm like, if we can just get, keep consistently getting points through this period, that's all I'm really fussed about. Like it's being enjoyable to watch is obviously really great too. But I'm like, if, Mm. if we're not executing a game plan perfectly, or if we've still got some like cracks showing, like if we're getting some points at this early stage, Great. I think that's like a really good place to be. Yeah, I totally agree. It's, uh, yeah, it's just great to see us, you know, like classic uh, Jose ball is we score a goal early and then we sit back and do nothing and then concede one. Um, whether in, in, we did score early, um, but I didn't feel the same like, oh God, we've just given up and now we're just waiting. You know, we're just sitting at our box. There was a little bit more uh, dynamic to it. Um, uh, it was interesting to see, you know, last game against City, uh, Lucas was, you know, he played a fantastic game. Bergvine was pretty good. And then this game, I thought, and there's been a lot of um, negative uh, comments about Bergvine, but I thought he was great. Like, I really did think he was really good. And But I can say that Lucas was terrible. So it was interesting to see that kind of swap. <laughs> yeah, I think it's... um. And it was that thing that I guess deep down we all knew was coming, but we kind of didn't want to believe it. Where last game we had Lucas, the you know the superstar version, um, and then we're like, maybe this is just him now. Maybe this is his new baseline. 
Um, this is what he does. But then, yeah, he didn't really do much in this. Um, and, yeah, I felt like there was just nothing notable. Like, I can't recall him, like, doing anything particularly, like, poorly. But it's mm. like I barely rem- – I don't remember in my head a single little clip of him in the game at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I but think that was such a yeah. contrast from last week. Oh, totally. Yeah, I um, felt the same way when he came off. I was like – Oh, oh, he was playing. Oh, which I suppose, you know, like for a defender is great, but for an attacker, maybe not so much. Um, obviously, the big headline from this game was uh, Adama Traore's performance, which was classic Adama, where he's just like bombing down the wing. He's taking players on and then he's getting in a crossing position or a shooting position and putting it straight into Rosette. Um, and obviously, we have all now, since this game, been linked with him i don't know how true that is um but i for one i love him i think he's a fantastic player and he's uh so individual and exciting but i like that at wolves i'm not such a huge fan of that at spurs i don't know what you think about us uh yeah (laughs) signing him i'm i'm actually quite pro um adama Mm. um and i think i totally understand like the criticisms around him as well um, I think I find that though that a lot of the a lot of the comments online, it's just like someone's copied and pasted the comment from someone else. <laughs> I've never seen like so many people just say like end product, end product, end product, end product. Yeah. And um you could argue and go, well, that's because the end product, it's so clear everyone thinks that and sees it. But I, I kind of tend to think it's like it sounds like people just have this idea that he has no end product, that's it. All I'm gonna comment is say he has no end product. I'm like, I'd much prefer mm. to hear someone, if they are going to criticize him for that, actually break down what does that mean? Like, what do you mean by that? Mm. Um, because, like, I looked at his stats from from the game and, like, you know, we're not big on this podcast of, like, going deep into stats and, like, talking about – we'll have the occasional XG mention, but <laughs> yeah. I don't really even know what that means. Like, I, you know, I know what it means, but I don't know how <laughs> they calculate it exactly yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I saw like, you know, against us, like he, he attempted five crosses and made three, which is 60%. Mm. And apparently the average like cross accuracy in Europe is only 23.5%. So oh, I'm like, go. he got some crosses in, um, he mm. had like four key passes, which is a, a key pass, which now I've now learned from looking into this. Technically it's just a pass that leads to a shot, um, mm. is a key pass, um, nine take-ons and then four fouls drawn. I'm not trying to say that like, all right, great, he's the best player ever, but I think that he's a he's a player that I think there's definitely a risk attached to, but I just find it quite funny, I think, that so many people are like, so like, oh, he's the worst signing. No, absolutely not. No way, no way. Um, whereas I kind of feel like he could possibly be a bit of a genius signing if it if it was to work out. Um, cause he doesn't need to come in and score like goals. He doesn't need to come in and we need to go, all right, he needs to become a goal scorer because I think mm. overall, like he's playing in, uh, in a Wolves team, which is a lot worse than the Spurs team. Um, yeah. and like last season, <laughs> I feel like I'm getting all stats now, but this is just more out <laughs> of like curiosity. Cause like I wanted to have an idea of things about him. Like yeah, he didn't have that many assists, but he had like 55 key passes and someone like Salah had like 57 for the whole season. Um, and so I haven't watched enough of him and Wolves to know exactly what that is. Is it the fact that he's 
like his passes are going to plays in really bad positions and then they're taking shots like in from a bad position? Or is it the fact that just the players around him aren't that good and they're not finishing the the, the you know any of the chances that are getting to him? So that's why I'm kind of like, if you have Kane and Son like um, playing, like Wolves are very much a one-man team with Adama, but you can't mm. like, teams can't play us and, and double-team Adama. They, yeah. would, that would create way too much space and absolute chaos for like Son and Kane and the rest of the team to, to run into. So I think that's why like I'm, I'm positive if it happens, but um, yeah, I get like, what's your overall take on him? I know, I know you said you're like, you weren't that keen on the signing, but like, let's say it did happen. And for like a reasonable price, mm. um, is it a signing that like, you're automatically thinking like, oh, I hate this. I'm, I'm not wanting this to happen. Or is it something that you could sort of like come around to, um, yeah, just depending on if it seems like it was a good deal at the end of the day. I think it's uh, made more complex by the fact that the idea of signing him is actually very, like I can feel within myself is very exciting because he is exciting and I love watching him play. But at the same time, there's sort of this higher order cognition that's being like, well, it doesn't actually make any sense as to why we would sign him. Um, we don't, why do we need to have 6 million wingers at this football club every single season? Like we need to, there's other positions we need to buy for. Um, but you know, like I, if, if we signed him, I, I wouldn't be, uh, feeling immediately sort of like downtrodden or, or negative about it. I would be feeling excited to see what is going to happen because I think you've sort of summarized a really good point about him is that he, you know, there's this end product, end product, but it's not like he gets three crosses or three key passes a game and then fluffs them. He gets a huge amount of uh, big opportunities that he creates himself. And, you know, like because of that, he's he's like, uh, I, I'm trying to avoid being like, He's got industry. He's so <laughs> industrious because he's a, a black player. It's like, yeah, he's really good at running. Like, no, hmm. it, it's that he is so good that he can create those chances. And because of that, his error rate is maybe higher. Um, because, you know, like if if uh, Harry Winks plays one key pass in a game and uh, it turns into a shot and a goal, then it's like, oh, congratulations, great pass. But it's like, yeah, that's that's one versus what Adama kind of puts out. Um, so, yeah, like if we signed him, I'd be excited. I would be excited. Yeah. But I just wouldn't want it to be replacing signings that we actually need versus, you know, like this, like, let's see what happens with Adama, which I love, but yeah. Yeah, like I think if we, if we got him, say, around 30 million pounds, Something like that. I'm like, I think that's a pretty decent fee for someone like that. Um, and I think like what you say, like, the, you know, Wolves use Adama like a battering ram. And yep. they're basically like, give it to Adama, 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 hmm. give it to Adama. 10 minutes, like, give it to Adama, give it. And that's like um, so much of their game. Like they've obviously got other players and, you know, whatever, but so much of their attacking thrust is comes through getting it to Adama and then just carrying it down the wing, seeing what he can do. Mm. Um, mm. and yeah, I feel like playing for us, like if we got him in and we used him in exactly the same manner, I think that's where I would be like, yeah, I'm not really keen for us just to play a Dharma ball constantly. 
Um, But if we did utilize his strengths and still, you know, um, which is more what I think would happen. Like I can't see Nuno going, all right, I want Adama in. All right, great. Hey, everyone, just give it to Adama from now on. Um, Mm. Because it's kind of like, you know, Adama is, and again, I haven't watched enough of Wolves, but from what I've seen of them, it's like he's their standout sort of, um, you know, talent in terms of a, a play, an attacking threat. Um, the minor mm. score, but like he, he, you know, to actually drive the team forward. Um, I can't see us using him in exactly yeah. the same way. And I'm like, I think it's, it's frightening if you have a team where you've got like a Dharma going down one wing, you've got Lucas, Bergwijn, like whoever, Son. Like there's so much um, just pace across that whole um, front line. And I think that's something that we've kind of lacked for a, a number of years. Um, and to mm. me, that's something which is like, like imagine you're a fullback for a team we're playing against. Um, and if you're like, like teams manage to defend Wolves now because they just worry about Adama and then that's kind of it. They double team. Yep. But if you've got like Adama one side, Son the other, Kane in the middle, uh, Bergwijn coming through, Ali coming through from deep. Uh, it's like, what are you going to do? Um, mm. So to me, it could be like a real nice kind of like more budget signing because if Adama had... You know, if Adama was capable of scoring 10, 15 goals a season and the same in assists, he would be messy. Mm. Like he'd be on that level of like, Mm. you know, a top 10 player in the world. Yep. Yep, you're totally right. I Like, I mean, I have said so many times in the last uh, like two days that if Adama had that kind of goal output, he would be just one of the most incredible players you know, not only in the um, top five leagues at the moment, but like ever, because he's such a unique player and, um, you know, so exciting. The the worry that I have, which I, I, I really like your perspective on uh, Nuno getting Adama again and then being like, right, well, it's a different team, so you, we, we're not going to play Adama ball. Um, because, you know, a lot of the concern about us signing him is around that Nuno had him before, his output was what it is. There was no in, improvement and, and sort of uh, greater pass or short output. And so therefore it's going to be the same thing. But I think that's really underestimating what Nuno is capable of, of doing. Like it's just completely removing his agency as a coach to be like, <laughs> and his ability to acknowledge that he's coaching a different team with different talents. And, and, you know, like, so, you know, it would be bad if, Adama came over and, and then we started playing Adama ball because then it'll be like, what what are we doing? But I just can't see that being the case. And I I mean, I really hope it's not. Yeah, I, I can't yeah, see that I, being the case the case either. And like Adama, like the season before last, I think he had nine assists in the league. Um, mm. Whereas last season it was like two goals, two assists. And I think the season before it was something like, I don't know, five goals, nine assists, something like that. Um, and I'm pretty sure like role for, for Wolves was out for a long period last season. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like I, I think, I mean, to go back to what you first started with, like watching him, he is exciting to watch. Mm. And I think that there's just something nice about like, you know, signing exciting players and players that you, yeah. you do really get excited to watch. And I think it's something that is... I don't know. Not you don't see it that often. I think anyway, at Spurs, where you've got players who really love just going at players, mm. and really taking them on. And there's something so exciting about watching like a winger go one on one with a fullback. 
because I think yeah. you know if the winger gets the better of the fullback, the fullback is absolutely screwed, and there's probably going to be a you know um, an opportunity, um, sort of once that that gets you know that happens. So it's a, it's a sort of thing that makes you like stand up on your feet when you see. Um, you know, a really sort of um, dangerous winger, <laughs> like um, totally. who can go, who does have that dynamic ability to go eat each way and doesn't just constantly go outside, doesn't just constantly try and cut in. Um, and I think, I don't know, it just feels sometimes with players at Spurs, we like get a bit snobby and we're like, yeah. we're like, oh no, we have, oh, who are they? Oh, well, if, if City aren't bidding for them, like why should we <laughs> be going? And it's just like, you know, I'm I'm kind of willing to trust Nuno on this. Like apparently, um, Pratici was also keen on him when he was at Juventus that he wanted <laughs> um, Adama as well. So I'm like, if they're both keen on him, I'm like, cool. Let's let's roll the dice and see see what happens. And then, you know, great trust in that sort of process because would I prefer him? I think he's like 25 as well, and mm. it's like we could get him or we could get like you know Zaha or something. But I think he's like 29 and he would cost maybe twice as much. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I think it's yeah, yeah. You've really taught me around. Um, <laughs> I, I'm into it. Um, one of the things that um, you brought up fullbacks earlier, I think we really learned something about the way Tanganga uh, plays fullback and what is going to work, what kind of opponent is going to work for him and what's not, because there were quite a few times uh, in this game where he would go shoulder to shoulder with Traore and. Usually, you know, against Sterling or um, against Grealish, like you'd think that Tanganga probably wins, you know, that sort of strength battle. But then with <laughs> uh, Adama, it's like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> he loses that every time. And it was really good to see him, because we won, see him compete with, you know, this guy who's just such an amazing, you know, athlete and, and the build that he has is phenomenal um and the the trickery he has and the you know intelligence he has um and to see him kind of go oh wait a minute i just can't like just barge into a guy and i'm probably going to win it and I, you, you made a really good point after the game i was saying how i was like oh, i feel like tanganga didn't do great against traore and you were like well he did get a yellow very early which is like so valid um but I felt like, and maybe Traore just got tired, but I was very surprised to see the way that uh, Region marshaled him in the second half due to Region's speed rather than relying on strength. It felt like a better matchup. I don't know what you thought about that, but that was just my take from it. Yeah, I, I agree on that. Um, and I think that, like, if you've got a fullback who lacks a bit of pace, and, like, Tanganga's actually, like, he's he's not that slow, but I don't think you'd, you wouldn't call him a, a quick player, especially not compared to like Reguilón. Um, mm. But I think it really shows like if you've got if you're not super quick, you're going to struggle against Adama. Um, and yeah. like what you said, like Tanganga showed that he's very strong, and you know like um, someone like Sterling, um, Grealish, like he can outmuscle them and do really really well in that as more of that like defensive fullback. Um, but then he's you know he's kind of still a bit unproven against playing against a really quick. Um, a really quick winger who wants to go at him constantly, um, mm. who who he can't outmuscle. I guess that's like the difference yeah. um, between that. But yeah, I thought like overall like Tanganga still did did pretty well. Like I, I watched the there was some there was some like a, a video that was up like on on Twitter which was like a highlight clip of um, all of the diamonds moments throughout the game. 
Um, but I was just interested to see how we were sort of defending him. And there were quite a few mm. times where we did double up, um, and especially in the second half as well, where it's kind of like we're like we need to stop him somehow. <laughs> Let's. I like we start talking about Tagagna and just going back to a like yeah. just like a magnet yeah. back to him. Um, mm. But yeah, like I, I think ultimately, like overall, we've had you know we've we've spent big on like a marquee defender in Romero. Um, mm. who is not quite ready to sort of come in yet. And we managed to have play at home to City, clean sheet, away to Wolves, clean sheet. Um, so I think overall the defense has actually done pretty well. Um, and I think actually Sanchez has like been, you know, really quite impressive in there. Um, Dyer obviously had the big mistake, <laughs> which yeah. um, really Ooh. could have led to a goal. And it's like, it feels like whenever we start getting a bit more excited about Dyer and thinking like, okay, maybe he's like, maybe he could do a job in there. Um, he just has these lapses and, um, yep. you know, on any other day that could have been easily a goal and given the game away. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Totally. He does. That's exactly his pattern where as soon as you're like, oh, he's quite competent. He does something that's so unforgivable yeah. <laughs> for a professional footballer in the top league that it's like, okay, we're back to square one. <laughs> Um, one of the players in this game that we, like, I feel like we kind of, we actually agree, but we just have different perspectives on it is Oliver Skip, who has had just the most, uh, binary, uh, reaction to his games, uh, this season. Um, and my, my take on it is that he has been perfectly fine for a dude that's just moved up from, the championship into the first team at Tottenham and he's playing regularly. He's a young guy. He's going to make mistakes. That's fine. He um, is going to do some good things, hopefully, and he did, and that was good. But it's not helpful to sort of hail him as the second coming of uh, Iniesta. Also, it's not helpful to um, completely chastise him and and throw him <laughs> into the dirt. And like he's almost given away two penalties in two matches. Uh, like watching, I watched the Wolves mini match just before we started recording and watching that again, I just am very surprised he didn't give one away. But I I still, like I really like him, but what makes me uh, feel sort of like not great, not great towards him, which is terrible English, but um, <laughs> Is that is the uh, rhetoric, which is like he is amazing or he is terrible, and it's like no, we just as a fan base, which is a big thing for a football fan base to do, is just like be like, okay, cool, let's just give him time to settle in and make mistakes and do good things, and then balance each other out, and then we'll see how he goes. Like it's not, you know, it's two games in, and uh, yeah, it's been full on for for poor old Oliver Skip. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a it's a kind of a complex one, and you know what you've said is that, yeah, you know there's so much division online between Spurs fans on any topic at the moment. Um, mm. My theory is it kind of carries over for like all summer. It was just arguing back and forth, whether you are backing Levy, whether you hate Levy, whether you're pissed off to no end about the manager search, whether you're like quite calm about the manager search and you're fine with it, <laughs> whether you are annoyed that Conte didn't happen, whether you really, you know, think, well, you know what, risk I can't see Conte have been a good match. 
Um, you know, there's just been so many different points that Spurs fans have been sort of arguing over. Definitely, I think the most that I've seen since I've really been you know, an active Spurs fan. Um, and I almost feel like a part of that is carrying over into, you know, the season now where we're sort of thinking like, all right, we have to be so binary, yes or no on on someone. And we start like just arguing back and forth. Like so many people <laughs> going back and forth now about Adama. So many people, <laughs> like a play we, don't even, we haven't even signed. Um, and so many people going back and forth about Skip and saying like, you know, he's been absolutely brilliant or he's been, you know, rubbish. Um, I think where I stand on him, like like you said, like we, we're sort of similar in it. I, I kind of like the fact that, I always like the fact that a young player is getting brought into the team. Um, and I think that I really hate the Man City model of barely ever bringing through any youth players and always just buying new, you know, top tier players for the for the first team. And I think it's just a completely unsustainable model, like long term for so many clubs to operate like that. So I think it's really nice to like be, you know, trying to actively develop youth players. Um, and seeing them come into the team, there's always something that you get really you get really attached to them. Like same with like Tanganga, like we all have done with Kane throughout his you know whole career so far. But sort of seeing a player come through, I'd also say Dyer to an extent. Like we got him quite early. And so mm. I think that that's where he still maybe has some credit in the bank where we're kind of like, yeah, he should go. But oh, he's put in a good game. So wow. Like it's kind of like we all deep down somehow want Dyer to like win and succeed and become this like elite center back, even though we probably know now it's really there's no chance of that happening. Um, yeah, I'm so desperate. I'm so desperate for that to happen. And I think that's what makes it worse is the hope that every game I'm like, this is it for Dyer. And we've had little snippets like when he was a DM for a while under Poch, like that he was pretty good. Um yeah, it, it makes it all the more painful. I completely agree. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think it's just nice that it's like, great, we've got Skip. He had a pretty good run in the in the championship last season um, by all accounts. And it's like, yeah, great. Let's give him a go. Let's, you know, let's not try and judge him t- either way. Um, because stepping up into the Premier League, like it takes, you know, it takes any player who comes into this league, it's going to take them a bit of time to adapt. Um you know, even when we got Mod- Modric when he came in, like it took him over half a season to like actually adapt and start playing um, half, you know, half decent football and then really kick off the next season. So yeah, like I've, I think that's why I've been like quite happy with Skip so far because it's like, yeah, there's definitely been some sloppy mistakes, but I kind of feel like as a development of the player of that age in that position, it's like a very crucial position on the pitch and they are going to make mistakes there to learn from and to to grow. And I think it's like from what I've seen of him so far, the positives that I've seen, I think it's like, cool, it really seems like there, there could be a player in there. And it also kind of ticks the other box of like being able to unleash Hoybier a bit. And mm. I just love seeing Hoybier like just break forward. Um it just it just looks so nice because he's just like he's so big, um, and he's just like you never think he's going to give the ball away, but he doesn't look like he's always a hundred percent like in control. But he doesn't like he looks quite calm as well. Like it's this weird sort of thing. It's like this um, this beast just galloping forward, uh, but he like he's got a good pass on him. So I think unleashing yeah. him a bit and giving him some freedom is another benefit of having Skip in there. Totally. Yep, I agree. And I, I uh, very much agree with you in the 
sense of being happy with Skip at the moment. Like that's exactly how I feel. I'm very happy with him, you know, errors or good things. Like I'm happy that he's in the team and I'm happy that he's like, you know, doing good and bad things. Like that is part of him becoming a Premier League player if he is to become one. Um, and on Hoibier, I, I thought about this earlier when we were talking about signings, but he's still to me – what you know when we announced him there was so much carry on about how he wasn't good and blah 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 and Southampton fans were happy to get rid of him and all this kind of stuff and like we just need to take a moment as a fan base to realize the signing that we made for three million pounds <laughs> like he is a monster like and we are you know like we haven't had a dm like him since you know when yama maybe um, and we're very, uh, uh, well, I don't want to say lucky, but it's very astute that we've ended up with him and, and what he's done. Like, uh, obviously I'm, I'm so biased because I love him, but, um, yeah, I just think it's a really good signing and he continues to surprise me with his, uh, his skill and his, his reading of the game. Oh, definitely. Um, and I'm, I'm a big fan of him as well. I know he's your favorite player. Um, yeah. and it's like, I, I don't have him hold him in as high regard. Like I hold him in compl- exceptionally high regard, but I'd say like my heart is very well and truly just, you know, welded to Sonny's chest. Um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, he's, he's, I think he's great. And I think it's like, we haven't seen the best of him yet either. Um, I agree. And he's, he's also, to me, he's the, he's El Capitan, the next, next one in line. Um, once, um, you know, Hugo hangs up the armband, I guess, or just gets sold <laughs> yeah. back to France. Because um, mm. there's, you know, there's all these, there's constant rumors of like, well, I guess the PSG rumors are done now because they've got Donnarumma, who's the, you know, super young and yeah, superstar. And I think, I think PSG actually have like nine keepers or something. Um, on oh. It's ridiculous who they've got on their books. Um, that we, we could have a whole five hour podcast just complaining about that. Um <laughs> But yeah, I wonder if that that probably is meant that like you know Hugo going going to PSG or something is not really um, an option. Um, and I don't want to I don't I don't want to sell him. I don't want to see him go. But I really do think mm. that it's important to have a real sort of like leader in the middle of the pitch um, who can constantly be like you know um, revving the rest of the team up, um, kind of pulling up players if they're not sort of putting in, and kind of leading for example in that position. Because I just feel like it's great having a keeper who's very vocal at the back. And, you know, having them as a captain, but then you kind of can then like hide away <laughs> further, mm. further other field. Like the keeper's not really going to be shouting at the attackers too much um, unless it's Son and um, Hugo, you know, going at it at halftime um, yeah. or something like that. So, yeah, yeah I think it's like I, I just like the way that, you know, the midfield is sort of coming together. Um, and I know we've both been impressed with how Delhi's been playing as well. Oh, he's been fantastic. Just before we move on to Delhi, who I cannot wait to talk about, <laughs> um, the other thing about Hoibier is that, one, he's 25, and and two, he when we ever there's a break in play, the player that's receiving messages from Nuno is Hoibier, and he's the one that then passes it on. And so it's like this is so set up for him to become our captain, and he should be our captain. And I love Lloris. I'm not trying to say that Lloris should be booted, but – in terms of like a yeah progression plan, we have for the first time in a long time, we have someone that is like just ready to go 
as the captain. And that's fantastic. Um, but yeah, on Delhi, I just, I just, I hope that this game further solidifies the new Delhi in the sense of people appreciating what he's doing because he was a monster in this game. Uh, and obviously he won the pen and then scored it, but you know, just around the pitch, I'm so pleased. Oh, definitely. Um, and yeah, I think firstly, yeah, on that pen, that was a, it was a great little move uh, and a great break forward into the, and like, you know, nice ball from uh, Reggie as well. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I loved it so much when, you know, it, it, it shows that it's gone to penalty. They focus on the ref and then you see big man picking up the ball, wanting to go to the spot. Um, <clears throat> I think that's great to see Delhi go, no, nah, I'm taking this. I'm taking this one. Yeah. I'm having it. Cause I just thought naturally Son would take it. Um, mm, me too. But yeah, but to see to see Delhi be like, no, nah, I'm putting this away. I was like, yeah, I like this. I've got time for this, Delhi. This is this is great. And yeah, like he's definitely, you know, it seems like he's turned turned a corner and he's it's really weird because like, you know, so many people are thinking that he's a lazy player based off yeah. Mourinho calling him lazy in the, you know, in the documentary and then not playing him. So everyone's like, oh, he's a lazy trainer. He's lazy. All right, that's it. That's what it is. That's why he's on a team. It's because he's lazy. It's because he's an entitled, spoiled footballer um, who's got all these other business interests and he more cares about fashion than he does about playing. And it's like, we don't know. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. we don't know what's going on. And... I mean, he showed so far, like, you know, he's run the most in both games. Um, and I mean, that metric alone does not necessarily give you a huge picture, but when you actually see sort of, you know, how sort of stuck in he's been getting, like how well he's been pressing, like all of these sort of things, um, it sort of shows you that the, he's a player who's like, you know, really taking this season seriously. Um, is probably quite disappointed that he missed out on the Euros for, for England um, and has been out of the squad for a while now. And... Yeah, it's just like it's basically it seems like it's a bit of a rebirth for him um, to really kind of step up and become like a key player in the team again and sort of show that he wasn't just this like wonder kid who failed to live up to the hype and then, you know, ends up, you know, in his late 20s playing for like a lower tier team and, you know, not really doing so that much. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, to me, it's just crazy that, that Delhi who – um, I'm not sure about the Wolves game, but obviously in the City game, he covered the most distance, uh, had the most pressing acts. Uh, it was the same for – he was definitely the same for Wolves for distance. Uh, yeah, right. Cool. So he covered the most distance. It, see, it's amazing to me that a player like that um, gets labelled as lazy, similar to um, Endon Bele who gets called lazy. I just don't know what they have in common. What is the – what is the thing that they have in – it couldn't be that they're both black, could it, that that's the stereotype around black players that is awful and incredibly unfair. I, I feel like it couldn't be. But, you know, like it's infuriating to me when um, he gets called – and it's the same with Endon Ballet. It's like they are, are either lazy or they – when they do something really good, it's magic and because magic – is not them. It's not their expertise. It's not their skill. It's not their intelligence that sets something up. It's magic that just happens. 
And it's like, no, you, not only are you are you making them sound like they're not committed to the team, but then you're also taking away their achievements as well, Sky Sports. Um, so, yeah, I, I, uh, I feel uh, very um, good about Delhi and, and his performances, and I'm really excited for his season. Um, mentioning Ndombele, aside from that rant, I also feel – like now we've got four coaches, if you include Mason, that have had been a little bit hesitant about him. And even following the season that he had last year, which was good, Nuno seemed to be disinterested and apparently Nobello wants to leave. And at this point, like I've tried, I've really tried to give him as much patience as I can but I'm also like, okay, let's just let's cut our losses here. Like, what is going on? Yeah, um, I think yeah, it's an again, it's another interesting one that we don't really know <laughs> what's what's going on there and what the yeah. what the actual reason um, is. And you know, you hear things come out like, oh, he's just had a kid, and so he's you know adjusting to that new way of life and. Uh, you know, I know my wife and I, we had a, we've had a little baby like five weeks ago, four or five weeks ago, and it's an adjustment. <laughs> it's an adjustment and, uh, it's very tiring. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> and this is just like, you know, sitting at the computer to do work, not going out and trying to play football, run around every day. I know that they get paid mm. a lot of money. Um, but this is where also the argument comes in where it's like, well, for that much money, um, they should do this, 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 this. And it's like, you know. I kind of feel like when you get paid so much money, I'm hypothesizing here because I don't know what that feels like, but when you yeah. get paid that much money each week, um, it I think it's very it's probably very easy to lose perspective of how much money you actually are getting paid and it just becomes normal. Um, mm. And it, it just becomes normalized across the sphere for like footballers in a sense. So I think what happens is then it just, they just go back to being people. And so like, you know, people are, you know, not just physical specimens, <laughs> like, you know, there are a lot of, um, and it's not saying people have like mental conditions, like necessarily for something like, you know, going wrong. But all I mean is that it's like, you know, there are people there. Sometimes things don't work out. Sometimes people, you know, just regular people go for a job. It doesn't work out at a place. They go get a job somewhere else and they become this incredible manager or salesman or whatever you're doing. Um, so I guess it's like the frustration I think we have as fans probably now is that like with social media, there's, there's so much of like the footballing life, which is open to us. Like we get to see videos almost every day of players training. Um, we get to see like Delhi on a bus after the Wolves game showing Bergwine and then having Jan comment and say, Oi, get him out of my seat. <laughs> he has to earn that. Um, and like there's so there's such an openness, but then there's also this closed off aspect as well, um, which yeah. I think is like the big frustration with everyone with Kane. It's like it's been so closed off the, all the communication mm. around that. Whereas like you know we want that open open communication in this like modern world with all this social media and this peeking behind the curtain all the time. And I feel like given that and Don doesn't really ever talk, um, or like occasionally you get a quote, but you're like, oh that steam is that a veiled jab at someone or something or or is that just something that's been translated and has been blown up to be like he said this or that or anything else so i guess the overall thing i'm trying to say is like i'm i'm 
I, I feel like I'm not in a position really to make like a call on him and like why this is happening. Whereas like some people seem to know exactly what the problem is. Um, <laughs> but I think I'm with you now that it's like, if we've got four managers at the club who haven't, um, who it hasn't really worked under, then maybe it is time to, um, you know, for him to, for him to move on both for our benefit and his. Um, and yeah. um, like he's, you know, an incredible player and some of the stuff he does is just like, like his, his dribbling ability is just insane um, mm. and so special. Um, but, you know, it might just not work um, at Spurs. might just not be a good fit and that's also okay. And, yeah, maybe it's time to move on and, you know, find someone else. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like I, not for a second, want him to move on because I'm like he, because I'm trying to, uh, like project onto the reason why he hasn't been part of the team. Like it, it, the funny thing about the the money element, which gets brought up with him, you know, having just had a child and um, that he gets paid a lot of money so he should be able to do it. Like the the uh, juxtaposition or the the opposite headline to that is like, Endon Bele, professional footballer, neglects child for money. Like what? <laughs> that's a thousand <laughs> times worse. So, like, what are we like the the? Um, and it's part of the problem of footballers appearing like products uh, and not real people, and that they um, need to live up to money. <laughs> like the amount they get paid equals how they're worth, and as as human beings, not not just as players, um, is is so off. And like, if he, yeah, the reason why I think he needs to go is because it's, it's good. Yeah. It's not, it's not working for him and it's not working at for Spurs either. Mm. And we've had, you know, glimpses of his best. And if he, you know, hasn't been able to sort of come back fit uh, for uh, the season after having not gone to any tournaments and been, uh, you know, at Hotspur way or, you know, it's, it's kind of like, okay, well, we need to sort of figure out here what the what the goal is, what's happening. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely. I was just yeah. going to say as well, like on the on that money point too. It's like I think money's a real motivator if you don't have it. Yeah. But if you do, like, it's almost like, it, and if you got that much of it, it becomes like somewhat irrelevant. I also might have been mm. watching too much Succession lately. Um, <laughs> I've been getting so into that. It's such a good show. Um, but I think it's like, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, it's just a really, it's just a really tough one. And I feel like we're never really going to know the full story, um, about Ndombele's situation until maybe when he retires and writes a book and, <laughs> you know, uh, mentions something about it then. Um, mm. but yeah, look, I mean, look, our, our alleged most recent signing, um, Pape Sar, mm. um, I mean, it looks like we're already thinking, you know, we're getting in another young um, midfielder. And yeah. it's like, again, I, I like that move. Like, I don't know if that's to a move going like, look, we know that someone like Ndombele is going to go. Someone like Sissoko is going to go. Winks is going to go. So we're trying to look for like, you know, to, to bring in some moves, to bring in some younger players to sort of come in. Um, but I think, yeah, like, we're going to have to like sell some players. Um, 
We need buyers yeah. for those players as well. And if we don't have the buyers, mm. it's, it's it's impossible to sell them. So yep. who knows? We could end up with Ndombele here. Maybe he ends up coming back into the team and maybe, you know, somehow it, um, it sort of starts clicking under, under Nuno like it did under Jose a little bit where it's mm. like he looked like he was so out of it and then he managed to sort of get back in and um, had some pretty, pretty, pretty great performances. Yeah, I mean, I would not be at all uh, surprised if in a month we're talking about the great display that Endobele had against X team because he's managed to work his way in because Nuno has through training been like, oh, this guy's really good. <laughs> oh, I get it. I get it now. Hmm. Um, I wanted to jump back to what you said before about the Kane transfer because we're now where, you know, at the very end of the window and uh, it's not looking too good for his transfer to Man City. And, and what I wanted to propose to you is is how I've been feeling about it now is that I just feel like he's been really screwed over by his brother Charlie or by Man City because, you know, now we know that that initial offer was 70 million pounds plus add-ons, not 100, and that, you know, like City have – so much money and the way they conduct transfers is very clinical and this has not been that at all it's been very messy it's been um very detrimental for harry kane's relationship to the tottenham hotspur supporter base and he's come off out of all of this as the villain when it's like if you know like i've heard many people say that if he just said okay i i want to go to a new club that's that i'm going the supporter base would be like okay well all right fair enough see ya but then because of all the not turning up to training and all this other stuff he's you know sort of really fallen out with the fans and and city if it doesn't go through just get to walk away um and have you know and have have no uh, repercussions, whether he then has to play and live with those repercussions. So um, I'm starting to feel – I am still I still think he's a snake, but I also <laughs> feel a bit sorry for him in the way that things have gone. Yeah, like I think maybe I, start, I felt a little bit sorry for him in a sense um, at the Wolves game because um, I think he came on and he did – he was okay, but he looked very sheepish, I thought. Yeah, um, I agree. And like he was very quiet. It didn't look like he was really engaging too much with his teammates, not like, you know, firing people up, anything like that. Um, I thought, yeah, I just thought he looked very kind of sheepish coming on. And he probably feels a bit silly about maybe how everything has gone. And maybe mm. this might have highlighted like how, you know, Charlie Kane has not been the best person to have, you know, um, as an agent <laughs> for, for him. Like, yeah. And I think it's like, yeah, when you look at it like, like overall, it's like, do I hate Harry Kane? No. Do I wish bad luck on him or anything like that? No. Um, do I think this has been handled really poorly by him and his team? Yes. Um, but then, and I also think that City have kind of um, handled handled it poorly too, because it's like they are trying to strong arm Tottenham into a sale that Tottenham don't want to make. And then now yeah. the reports coming out today, I think with the athletic we're talking about, we're saying that like, you know, there's a bit of an impasse at the moment where, 
you know, um, City don't want to pay that much, um, but they think that Spurs should come to the table and like lower the fee. Yeah. Um, and Spurs don't want to sell. So, the, but then it's like it's still portrayed of like you know, Spurs are the bad guys here by by, by refusing to come down on evaluation of a player just to give City mm. what they want. And I think that yeah. you know it's such a um, it's such a challenging market at the moment in the sense that like due to COVID and the pandemic, like there's so many clubs are, are in financial trouble and there are a lot of clubs which are broke and, you know, you can be a Man City and try and take advantage of clubs like that. I think they're probably, Man City are a bit annoyed that Spurs aren't in as much financial trouble as Man City hoped. And so we've mm. been able to play hardball with them and go, no, you've got to pay big and that's it. Uh, no silly little offers, you know, same price as Grealish. Like, get out of here. So I yeah. think that Man City have handled this really, really poorly. Um, I think as well Pep has, like, he's spoken about Kane um, a, num- yeah. a number of times. Um, and I think that's really unprofessional as well. Mm. Um, but I think you're right. It's like at the end of the day, City just have a bottomless pit of cash and then they don't get Kane. Cool. Next season, maybe they go back in for Kane. Maybe they go for Haaland. Whatever. They don't care. They can just pay, yeah. um, you know, pay whatever, you know, for whoever at any time. Um, but it's almost like, I don't know. It just seems like they're trying to also make a point of like, we're not going to get bullied by a club to pay a really high figure. Mm. Um, and I think they're almost, City are being stubborn about it too with with Spurs because I think this would set a precedent for them that now whenever City go to other teams, like, we're kind of the first team that's saying no to City on something. Yeah. Yeah. It's very similar to me to the uh, Dortmund, uh, what, Dortmund, yeah, the Sancho Manu um, transfer where Manu were like, yeah, we'll buy him, but we don't want to pay what you're asking. And and Dortmund were like, well, this is this is the fee. And if you don't want to, this is last season. If you don't want to pay it, then we're not selling him. And, and here's, the, and here's the deadline. Yeah, here's the deadline. If you don't pay it by then, then it's more expensive because we need to then go and buy a replacement. And then you were like, whatever. And then it goes to the deadline and Dortmund were like, well, <laughs> sorry, but this is just the way it goes. And Tottenham have done the same thing where they've gone, this is how much he's worth, pay that or we're not even talking to you. And then City have <laughs> done the – it's amazing to me that – that they've decided to go this like, and Pep have decided to go this like whiny, like, no, they're not communicating with us. Why are they giving us what we want? Be Pick up the, the phone. Richest, Pick up the phone. Yeah, like what? They're one of the richest clubs in the world. And like, why, why would Tottenham be like, no, oh, okay, actually, yeah, this player, we've got three years left on his contract. Yeah, we'll just give him to you for 75 million pounds plus add-ons, like, or 70 million pounds plus add-ons. Like What? It's ridiculous. It, it's it. You're right. Exactly. It's like well, it's like everyone. I I kind of feel like it reminds me of um, popular TV show Succession, um, ah. where you have Logan Roy, uh, mm-hmm. the big bad mean boss who's Manchester City, and mm. um, I don't know if I can make comparisons throughout the rest of the to, to marry <laughs> that up, but um, it's yeah, it's just like it's a bully used to getting what they want and. Now just being very, very shocked that they're not able to get that. Um, yep. And who knows what they're going to do. If they come in, because mm. if they come in with silly money to 
in the next week. Like I like what you said earlier. It's like there's a there's a time where it's like we need repl- time to get a replacement. So we just even if they offered a crazy amount, we might go. Well, no, mm. we can't sell because we can't get anyone in. But having mm. said that, knowing how apparently Parachi operates, it like it sounds like we would probably have some contingency plans in place at the moment. Mm. Um, if Kane was still to go like in the next few days. Um, totally. But it, it, I don't know. Yeah. It seems more and more that it might not end up happening um, mm. this this season. And then, you know, maybe they're coming back in the, you know, next year. But, yeah, I think, you know, Kane being reintegrated into the squad and playing against Wolves and coming on there, um, I don't know if that was a sign of him not going or if that was a move by Spurs to go like, um, to put pressure on City and be like, he's back in the squad. He's playing. He's not, you know, your move, not ours. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, that's the crazy thing about the reporting. And the biggest fallout for me, aside from thinking Harry's a snake, is uh, my opinion of The Athletic as a as a platform because they have really contributed to this, like Tottenham aren't playing ball. And it's like, well, no, because Tottenham are, they're busy doing synchronized swimming while uh, a city are trying to play ball. Like it's not even you can't make that comparison. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I felt like when Ken came on, I felt I agree with you. He was kind of sheepish and sort of seemed a bit uh, not his usual self. But also, and this is the same with Geo. So it's not you know that amazing. We did look a lot better when he came on, and it was frustrating. But. Uh, you know, we did. And um, if we get him for another year and he contributes, then that's good. Um, will I ever feel the same about him? No. At this stage, probably not. Maybe if he scores 30 goals, I'll feel different. Um, but, oh, you know, I've noticed that uh, today he put up a Twitter post that was like, wor- the caption was like working and it was him in Tottenham training mm. and Romero's in the background. And I was like, he's staying. If he's doing this, he's staying because it, he's trying to repair the um, relationship. Or he's just panicking <laughs> and he's like, yeah. well, actually, yeah, it might be that I am staying and I don't want the fans to hate me for a year. Um, oh, yeah, he's panicking. Like he's panicking. He's panicking. That's panicking. part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's the panic is because he's like, oh, no, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, staying. Definitely. Yeah. Because I think in the past when we've seen players try to really force through moves that have happened, they haven't come back from that. No. Like I think there was a while when Modric was trying to push it through where he started like training by himself or something like that and like mm. um, refu- like Berbatov refused to play. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> they don't. I think Bale did the same as well. Um, they don't usually come back and go, yeah, start putting up things to be like back pro club. They just start kind of adding the pressure in. So, yeah, like who knows? If Harry does stay... Like all, all I want is if Harry does stay, is just some comment to show that he's committed back to the team again. Like you said, I, hang on, I've got to interrupt you here because I've just had something come through live um, that Harry Kane has said I will be staying at Tottenham this summer and will be a hundred percent focused on helping the team achieve success. So he's staying. Where's this reported? And, and I'm not uh, sorry, I'm not questioning you, but like, what's yeah. what source is? Uh, the athletic, the athletic, yeah. <laughs> We've just like criticized. <laughs> just, yeah, but, um, they do have good sources. I didn't say they didn't have good That's sources. True. I just mean that their agenda is dubious at times. Totally. 
Well, if you're yeah. saying that, that, okay, then maybe maybe it has reached that deadline point already for, for us and we've gone, well, it's done. It's too late. It's not happening. Mm. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, like, look, Kane, yep. all, all I want is just some, you know, he said yeah, he's 100% committed. I kind of feel it's like, you know, if we've been in a relationship with someone and they've sort of cheated on us a little bit and then we know about <laughs> it, but then that other relationship didn't work out. So they kind of come back and we're like, well, all right, we're, I guess we're back together for a bit. Like it won't be the same, but it could be okay <laughs> for, you know, for the next season and ultimately Kane will still be like where's the motivation for Kane he's not going to tank this season to try and get a move he's going to try and go you know what I'm going to try and break those records even more so that mm. Man City definitely cough up the cash and pay for me next year so at the end of the day it's like you know means to an end if, that, if that's what happens that um, we get Kane and he's really committed because he wants to play amazingly and get that move then right now, like we're not going to replace Kane um, with this little time left in the window. So, all right, Team Harry, yeah. maybe we'll have to remove the little snake um, head that we put on our Twitter banner on top yeah, of his face come, now. If he's if yeah. he's gone back on this this behavior, yeah, we're going to have to. Uh, yep, we're going to have to remove that. Um, I also think after uh, all our uh, succession talk that we need to make a Tottenham Hotspur characters of succession uh <laughs> like some kind of post i would yeah. be so into that <laughs> i think so i think so it's a very um i like when we go niche on here and we kind mm. of have like um yeah i think it's like when we're talking a lot about like i think you should leave and <laughs> making like yeah. spurs away shirts and like damn flashes and then you get like one person <laughs> like it and go like oh two rooms yeah. and lol um <laughs> so hey look if there are any other succession uh listeners or oh, sorry if, you know fans of succession out there who I do listen mm. to this then please let us know what are your comparisons <laughs> yeah. which Spurs players are which members of the Roy family um, yeah love it and I, I just remember uh, we we have not done a bit Spursy medal I literally just had the same thought and I'm ready to go okay I feel like uh, we can't do for the Europa game because we didn't watch it and yeah uh, if we make it through to the the, the group phase a bit Spursy medal We'll possibly do the Europa League version for that. But even that yep. is kind of like up in the air. Yep. Um, yep. Agree. But okay. Do you want to go? I went first last time. Do you want to go first this week for your yes. your votes for um, uh, Tottenham Hotspur against uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers? Yes, I most certainly do. Um, let me. I, I want to. I always want to go on feeling now, which means that when this question comes up, I have to go like, Oh, uh, who actually do I want to vote for? <laughs> um, I think but, that is a good way to do it. I think that's the yeah. – it's nice, nice. Go with the feeling. Go with the heart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good, good, good. I want to give uh, – are we going 3-2-1 or 1-2-3? We normally do 3-2-1. All right, cool. But, I mean, but, but, but Barney, if you want to go 1-2-3. No, I want to go 3-2-1. Okay. That's good. Um, so three votes to Ali. Well, that's it. Feels uh, like you're buying scored. more time to remember how the game went. <laughs> <laughs> Who were the members of our squad? Um, yeah, so Delhi yeah, three. three to Ali. Yep, because obviously he scores that pen. I thought he was immense in the midfield. He is a lot better defensively than he's given credit for, and I really, really want him to have a good season. So that's my three votes. Uh, two, I'm giving to Bergvine just for that move on the touchline. Mm. Like I thought he was good all round, but 
that move on the touchline was unbelievable. Um, it's just, I've watched it, I reckon, a hundred times by this point. It's like, it breaks my brain when I see him do it. It's so, so good. Um, and then I'm going to give one to Hoybier because um, I loved seeing him on the right wing at, at random points. And he also did a couple of really, like just, he really illustrated how clever he is as a player because he doesn't have the pace where he would sort of uh, manage to manipulate the opponent so that he could get a pass off or move forward. Mm. And um, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that. My, my bonus uh, goes to La Celso because I thought when he came on, we looked a lot better. Um, and I'm really, really hoping that he starts soon. Um, because I think he has exactly what we need in connecting our defense who can't pass with our midfield. Um, so that's, uh, that's good. In terms of negative points, I really don't, <laughs> I don't have a good sort of like, it was just like, it was fine. You know, like I don't really have a villain that I can give a negative point to, to be honest with you. Um, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna have to go no negative points. I was gonna say, you're also disappointed because negative points are almost the most fun part of the vote. Oh, they're the best, they're the best. Um, yeah, I've got nothing. <laughs> all right, great. All right. Um, mine, uh, my three points, I, I, it's Delhi, it's Delhi as well. Um, yeah, like you said, just been so, so immense. Um, Coming back, looking really good, looking really up for it, uh, looking really keen to like just, you know, um, yeah, become, you know, become a more dominant player in this team in midfield and not just doing like, you know, the pretty stuff and like the the flicks and all that sort of stuff, like really actually, like he's still capable of that, obviously, um, but really just becoming like just a really, you know, impactful player everywhere. Uh, So I'm giving him three. Um, I'm giving two points to Nuno. Um, because I think, you know, um, I want to, I want to get Nuno in like two wins from two, two clean sheets, two points. I think that just, that just pattern makes sense in my head to give him two. Um, great. I'm going Bergwijn one point. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, definitely. Yeah. That little, little move that was like you, it's, it's one that you watch and it's so quick that you can't really see it at full, at like normal speed. So you have to slow it down to really see what, um, what he did there. But I think mm. like Bergwijn, like, you know, a player who like he puts in and we, we, we often talk about that and go like, well, that should be a baseline for everyone. But it's like, nah, look, th- when things don't go his way in the sense that he misses a, you know, open goal against city effectively. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that sort of stuff. It's like, I, th- I feel like if we give Bergwijn a solid run in the team, he could have a pretty solid season for us overall. Um, and I just think he's been playing well and, um, you know, he does a lot of work, which I don't think gets the, you know, the, the, the sort of praise it deserves either. Um, yep. I've got a couple of encouragement awards. Um, I'm giving point five to, uh, Sanchez. Because I think he's been really good. Um, and I think he was decent, um, at, at, against Wolves as well. And again, another clean sheet. Um, I'm giving another point five. I'm going to be crazy about point five this week, but I'm giving one to Hugo for 300 games. Uh, nine years at the oh, club, yeah. um, and probably because there was that season where he started making all these mistakes, and it seems like he's recovered from that. But that seems to have tarnished his like name and his legacy a yeah. little bit. But overall, still incredible keeper, and you know played so many great games for us. 
Um, and then I'm giving uh, an occasion reward of 0.5 to Adama. <laughs> because he yeah. was entertaining. Valid, valid, valid. Entertaining to watch. And mm. I also feel that if he transfers uh, across to us uh, and we sign him, he's at least got some uh, you know points on the board for the Bit Spursy medal. Um, so I'm giving an encouragement award of uh, 0.5 to Adama as well. That's great. I, I really like that. Really good. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think like for next week, we'll have like, we'll be able to update on the tally and see who's leading the Bitspursy medal um, yep. in the esteemed spreadsheet. Um, mm. But yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's been a good couple of weeks, uh, you know, as Spurs fans overall. And it's good to see that even with all the stuff that's been going on in the off season, um, all the stuff that's happened with Kane, the manager, all that, everything and that, like we started the season well, we've got two wins from two. And, um, yeah, it's just feeling good, not conceding goals. Um, you know, great. Let's see who we bring in. Um, and, oh, yeah, I, I guess we kind of hope or maybe don't care if we go through tomorrow against <laughs> Pacos yeah. in, the, in the Conference League. Yeah, I can confirm for our Australian listeners and you, Dan, that it's Friday morning. Oh, it's Friday morning. There we go. Yep. Great. Yep. Um, yeah, so we've got uh, in the league next, we've got Watford. So, um, so I was just going to say, imagine have... if we both got up at four tomorrow morning for the conference <laughs> league and it was the wrong day. I think that's just, oh. that would be salty. Um, yeah, that would be bad. Sorry, we've got Watford. We've got Watford. Um, and I could not tell you how this is going to go. I have no idea. Um, I haven't seen any of uh, Watford this year, so I, I really can't say. I assume they're going to uh, not play possession football um, and therefore we'll have to have possession, so that will be interesting. But I also don't know. So um, excited to watch it. Uh, that's the, <laughs> that's all I've got. I love that. It's like what a, what a preview. What a preview. It's like, do you remember that clip from the BBC from years ago where they had a guy who was um, – just in the building and they thought that he was some professor or something and they put him on on the air and they're like, so Mr. I can't remember what his name was, but they're so mm. Mr. And they just ask him like these economics questions and he's just like, <laughs> says nothing. And then she's like, yes, um, yeah, very well. <laughs> like, And it's just, um, it's, I think it's, you know, hilarious. Um, but yeah, I, I have no idea on what for either. Like I've just looked up and I've seen that they've got one win, uh, one loss. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You get these games like Watford can seems like it's always a bit of a challenging one for us. Um, yeah. And they, in the past, they have had a couple of like kind of dirty players who will like stick a foot in and kind of push mm. us around and out muscle us a bit, which over the last few seasons has, has caused us issues. Um, yep. So look, I, I feel like we're going to win. I feel, I'm feeling quite positive at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it may be, I think we will concede. I think we'll we'll probably concede, but maybe win like two one. Great, I I think uh, we will win, and I think that one of the patterns that's going to emerge this season is that home games are going to reemerge as uh, more important, and that away games are harder to win now that we've got fans back, and especially because the players are then adjusting to fans being there. I think it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of plays out, but I predict that. Um, yeah, home games are going to be very, very, very important and away games are going to be very hard to win. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And like we've already seen like, you know, having 
the fans in the stadium against City. I feel like that first game against City, we probably don't win if we don't have the fans there. Oh, yeah. Because it just turns into a bit of a training game. But mm. in a packed stadium, like oh. everyone was just up for it. Um, so much yeah. love for the players. And um, mm. yeah, like it feels really good having fans back. And like you said, I think it is going to start playing, a, um, you know, um, playing into the results. <laughs> um, yeah. And see how we go. But yeah. Well, I guess yeah. we'll be back. Well, I mean, we'll be back next week. Yeah. Oh, oh. yes, we will. <laughs> Unless there was anything else, I think there's. We've probably covered pretty much everything that's been happening. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll be back next week uh, after what for game after the Pacos game, and um, yeah, I guess we'll probably be. Well, the transfer window closes on Monday or Tuesday, I think. So mm. I guess probably by next episode we will know what our team is going to be for the rest of the season. Yep. Oh, God, I can't wait for deadline day. It's just so ridiculous. Uh, like, I, I can't wait. Yeah, we'll, we wait. will be refreshing our computers at all wrong times of the day. Like, even when yeah. everyone in the UK is not up yet. It's like, we signed? Yeah. We signed? No, not yet. Oh, damn it. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's always an exciting day. So, yeah, we'll be back after then. Sweet. Um, well, uh, thanks, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, buddy. <laughs> Sorry, I know you. I feel like I've stolen your thunder. I usually do the the sign off at the end. Um, oh no, I loved it. I loved your your sign off. That was awesome. I was just trying to add like a. Uh, I'm trying to add more gratitude. Yeah, I feel like I kind of gave up halfway through because I was just like, oh, I'm doing Barney's thing, and now I'm just uh, it's it's just gone gone to shit. But um, you killed it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It. Thank you. Uh, I've mm. I've been Dan. I've been Barney. And, uh, you know, I hope you're having a great day wherever you're listening to this, the morning, afternoon, evening, uh, or midnight. That's exactly how it's done. You've got to rise in inflection as it goes because you start freaking out. Perfect. (laughs) We'll see you next week. See you next week. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.